Hi, it's Mark Sisson. Welcome to the Primal Blueprint Podcast, where we deliver a variety of fresh content to help you live awesome. Enjoy the show. Engage with us online at marksdailyapple.com and on social media, and send your questions to info at primalblueprint.com. Hey, everyone. Welcome to the Primal Blueprint Podcast. Today, we have a good one. It's going to be a favorite. I met her at PaleoFX this year. She's an amazing speaker and writer. Her name is Susan Bratton. She's a trusted hot sex advisor. So yes, we will mark this podcast appropriately. And if there's kids around or someone you might want not want to hear what you're listening to, be aware. Um, Susan, welcome to the show. How in the world do you become a sexpert? I made it up. A trusted hot sex advisor to millions. I I totally made that up. I was like, that's what I want to be. Well, I didn't start out as the trusted. I had to do, I had to help people for a decade and get thousands of thank you notes and testimonials and appreciations and gratitudes to put the trusted in there. The hot I worked on over time. (laughs) Sex (laughs) advice. I just keep trying to be hotter and hotter and hotter. (laughs) You are. Anyone, I, I dare you to Google her. She's hot. I do what I can do. <laughs> so, so tell us, what are the origins of this? I mean, we spoke briefly at the uh, speaker dinner at FX, but, you know, tell us, how did this get into your like, hey, this is something that I'm going to really be into and work on, whether it's for yourself and now, of course, for everyone else. But you started with you. Yeah, I've always been... Uh Even in high school, I was like wanting to date guys and have experiences. And in my 20s, I slept around a lot and it was the 70s and we could. And uh, I, I just was never really very satisfied. And I had a lot of bad sexual experiences, um, but I never gave up. I, I never gave up hope that. It, I remember thinking at one point, maybe it's not real. Maybe there, maybe sex really isn't good and everybody's just bullshitting, you know, because I just, it was so elusive to me. I'd have these little flashes, but it felt like more work and more trouble than it was worth with many, many partners. I think some people get really lucky and they end up with just this fabulous partner and this incredible chemistry and they have this explosive experience and other people just keep, you know, turning over rocks and <laughs> kissing frogs and <laughs> not finding it. And then I remember that I really liked this one guy in my late twenties and I thought I might want to marry him, but the sex wasn't good. And I was like, I can't do it. Plus his dad didn't like me. And I was like, what? I'm like, I'm so likable. Like, how dare you screw you? What a loss for that whole family. (laughs) I know. Like, are you kidding me? And then, um, I met my husband. He fit me well. He felt good. We were great in bed together. And I loved who he was and how kind, you know, he was like the guy for me. We got married, but within probably a few years of being married, uh, my sex desire for him diminished. And then we had our little girl and we got busy with our careers. And, you know, I was out in the Silicon Valley you know, at the table with Stanford and Harvard MBA men trying to beat the crap out of me all day. I, I became very masculine. I kind of lost my way in my sexuality. It it kind of got truncated in my marriage. My husband got really mad and upset because he would try to beg for sex and bargain for sex and do anything he could. Take me on a vacation in hope of vacation sex. Like that poor guy worked so hard to get laid. <laughs> God bless that guy. <laughs> <laughs> He's such a doll. And ultimately, 
he started having serial affairs with married women who were in the same predicament. Because he loved me and he wanted to stay with me. But he thought, well, maybe she's actually a lesbian or maybe she, I don't know what her problem is. And he just kind of gave up on me. And at 10 years or 11 years into our marriage, we looked at each other and we, and I said, you know, I love you, but I'm, I, I will always love you, but I, I'm not in love with you. I'm not turned on by you anymore. What are we going to do about this? So we decided instead of getting divorced, like all our friends, that we would try to rekindle our marriage. And we did everything we did personal work, L, personal work with all capital letters. Like we just did therapy and we did, we walked on fire and we went to tantric workshops and we got naked in front of a bunch of people and bared our souls and <laughs> stuff that most people would never put themselves through because we were worth, our relationship was worth fighting for. We are a dynamic duo. And by going through that growth and that work, and I had to deal with some abuse that had happened to me as a child and a lot of shaming and a lot of issues. And we needed to learn lovemaking skills. We just didn't have enough skill. You, have you heard of that thing called the orgasm gap? Are you familiar with that? No, I'm not familiar with that term. So it's an interesting thing where Roughly 95% of the time when a man has intercourse with a woman, and by the way, I just want to say here that I am a gender spectrum embracer. So when I say man and woman are masculine and feminine, I want you to express yourself exactly how you feel. Also knowing that good sex requires some polarity, a leader and follower, a masculine and feminine, a giver, a receiver, and that can flip back and forth and switch all the time, but we're going to just do the male female thing for now to keep it simple. So when a man has intercourse with a woman, 95% of the time he can have an ejaculatory experience. He can climax. When a woman has intercourse with a man, maybe half the time some women can have an orgasm from intercourse. It's much more difficult for women right out of the gate to climax from penetration. And that gap in the metrics is called the orgasm gap. And we had that in our marriage. Well, that makes sense. And, you know, drop back to, in my experience, talking to women over the years, it's so easy for men growing up just based on their hardware on how to figure that out, you know, and it's kind of also everywhere. It's emulated in movies and gestures and gesticulations and things like that, where people could figure that out. Women are different. And so I knew a lot of women who had sex for years. I, used to, I was one of these people a long time ago when I was younger, who didn't have orgasm until I figured it out myself and then was able to with others. So I know that there's a huge gap there. I mean, that makes total sense to me. Um, I'd love to hear your thoughts on that. You know, women just aren't, we're not brought up in this sexual culture where it's out there talking about women masturbating or any of that stuff. And sometimes women need to figure it out for themselves first. Yeah, I think solo practice is very good. Um, and I want to I really want to say that every single woman can orgasm and every single woman can orgasm through penetration. And it is simply a learned skill. We can procreate without any education, but we cannot make passionate love with each other without knowledge. So when Tim and I learned these skills by going to all these edgy workshops and sex classes, we came together in such an explosive reigniting and re-sparking of our sex life. We had better sex than the decade before when we had we were 
coursing with the new relationship energy and the hormonal cocktail of new love. And it, we transcended that and had this, in, we just started learning all kinds of ex- higher level orgasm skills. Like for him, he, he did not have a problem with stamina, but he learned how to have full body male multiple orgasms and separate ejaculation from orgasm. So he could come and come and come without ejaculating and he could have ejaculatory choice to come when he wanted to. I learned how to come not just from a vibrator on my clitoris, which is a really nice kind of bridging the orgasm gap strategy, manual stimulation, bridging the org. I learned how to come from him going down on me. I learned how to come from intercourse. We did a lot of what my friend, my dear friend and mentor, Sherry Winston calls cross-training, orgasmic cross-training, where you go into the orgasmic experience of the way you can come, and then you begin to do the way you want to come. And that bridges the gap as well. So we learned a lot of skills. I learned how to ejaculate. So I learned about Ambrita and female ejaculation. We learned about G-spot. He did a lot of G-spot healing on me. On my uh, Better Lover YouTube channel, I just launched an entire series with Ariel Giaretto a dear friend of mine who does somatic experience technique, sexual therapy, which is essentially learning, letting the trauma that happened in your body go. Because you can talk therapy a lot, but sexual trauma needs somatic release. We keep our, our feelings and emotions in our enteric nervous system, in our gut and in our womb, our yoni. And a yoni is the word for a vulva, which you don't say vagina anymore. If you're listening, you don't call a woman's genitals a vagina, you call it a vulva, or you can call it a yoni, which is a kind of a tantric Sanskrit term for a woman's genitalia. And the the comparable in a male-bodied person is the lingam. His penis is called the lingam. So he, my husband did a lot of G-spot massaging to, to let out all this upset that had happened to me over the years that I had been pushing down, which was preventing me from opening to my orgasmic potential. And I mean, I remember times when he would stroke my G-spot with his fingers and a lot of really great organic oil. I like organic avocado oil for genital stroking. It's really good and natural. And I would never put anything on my yoni that I wouldn't drink or eat in my food. So he did all this. And I would remember I would I would I would cry. I would cackle like a witch, like ah! would make all these funny sounds like a, I would roar like a train coming through the tunnel. And over time, all that upset, really, he released that out of me. He rubbed me and rubbed me and rubbed me for a few years to just engorge all that tissue to help expand my clitoral structure. You know, the clitoris is just not that little piece you see on the outside. It's that's the little head. There's a shaft, there's arms, there's legs that are all buried inside. We have an innie and men have an outie. So he just got all up in there and got all the blood flowing. I started having incredible orgasms and we just had the most incredible sex of our lives. And I was like, yes, finally. Oh my God. I'm so glad I didn't give up on this. You know, perseverance pays. Yes, (laughs) it does. And at that moment we said, we need to bring this to the world. And in 2006, we started our company together 
that was a podcast network. Here I am on a podcast, you know, 15 <laughs> years later. It only takes 50. I'm always ahead of the curve. We had 40 shows. We were one of the first podcast networks on iTunes. And our sex shows did so well. We had Tantra and Kama Sutra, Sex, Love, and Intimacy, Expanded Orgasm, all these great shows. We said, we need to create online programs because people aren't going to get naked and spend $1,000 going to a sex workshop for the weekend. We need to create things where we can teach these skills online to the people that are the sexual seekers like me who are like, I can't give up. I really want to come really well, really hard and really long for a long time in a lot of different ways. <laughs> and who so doesn't? we launched a series <laughs> of programs. Now we have over 20 titles that people can just access online or DVDs. People still like DVDs and teach hundreds and hundreds of techniques and strategies like expanded orgasm, which is another form of orgasmic meditation. You might've heard of that. Uh, female liquid orgasm for G-spot pleasuring and female ejaculation, which is just a learned skill. Some women do it naturally. They got lucky. Other women are like, I want that. That looks good. I want to just be able to like flood the bed. I just want to be able to let it all go. How do I do that? How do I find my G-spot? How do you stroke a G-spot? How do you stroke a clitoris? How can I have these expanded orgasms? And I'll tell you something. We women are so hungry for this pleasure. And men are so hungry to give it to us. And if they only knew they could have that level of orgasmic pleasure themselves, all those full body orgasms, they'd be asking us to do it to them too. And women are learning more and more how to take men into those incredible climbing orgasms that just stack and expand over time till you can come for an hour without even thinking about it. I think we're all running to your website right now. <laughs> I just blew your fucking mind. No, no. Here, you know, <laughs> Which I like to do. No, this is wonderful. This is really great. Everyone needs to hear this. This is something I preach all the time. Um, I'm a sexual person, but I find it so disheartening. If I hear one more married man brag about having sex with his wife because he never gets it, I'm going to jump off a bridge. And it goes both ways. There's nothing lonelier <laughs> in a relationship than feeling like you have to go masturbate because you're not, you know, after a while, and again, like you said with your husband, you know, when you don't want it, they're tired of asking. And again, yeah. you just want someone who wants you. So yes. for either side, okay, like as a practical situation, let's say someone's out there, male or female listening, and they're in this situation where the other person's not, they're not getting what they want. And this is becoming an issue or they're starting to see it go down or, you know, it's a touchy subject, right? No one wants to get into a fight about sex. Ah, gross, yuck. You know, we've all kind of maybe been in one of those scenarios where... So how would you suggest someone bring up the subject of the exploration you guys did? I mean, clearly no one has to throw tantric books on the table and show up with, you know, 10 DVDs of yours and be like, we're doing this. How would you suggest someone go about having this conversation? Well, I actually think showing up with my eight DVD collection is an excellent idea. <laughs> <laughs> and three dildos. Hey, I'm trying, I say that because one of the, my favorite things, one of my favorite quotes, my phrases is, couples that play together stay together, especially in the bedroom. And when you, if you are, I'll go into the more serious cases in a minute, but if you could talk to your, your partner and say, hey, because one of the reasons why women stop having sex with their partners is because they got bored. So if she's not having sex with you, she is likely bored and it's not that good for her. If it was good for her, she'd be doing it. So she's not doing it, which means it's not good. That's that's just tough love and it's a bummer, but it needs to be said. And most guys can handle it. They're like, yeah, shit, I know. So how do you approach that? With many, many couples, you can say, look, Let's learn some new skills together. Let's keep it fresh and hot in the bedroom. Let's watch these videos. 
let me follow along with this video with the sound off and the music on and I'll do it to you and you tell me what you like and how it feels and then you do me let's do lingam and yoni massage let's start there or let's do some oral pleasuring I mean you would not Ella I'm going to send you these videos um you would not believe how many techniques there are even when I watch them today I'm like oh my god I forgot about that one or oh we never one, do that one to me. We started naming all of our strokes. Oh, will you do that butterfly thing? Can you? I used to have ones like I would learn them from people because you know I'm in the sex business. I talk to friends, <laughs> of right? Course, you're getting advice every. I'm like, everywhere. can you yeah. do that Brian knuckle thing? He used to stick his knuckle <laughs> kind of bent up inside and swivel it around inside a vagina. And my God, that just feels really nice and filling and lovely. And the pressure on the G spot is wonderful. So. So learning together is a brilliant idea. Watching a couple demonstrate sexy techniques when they're professionals teaching you. And it's not pornography and it's tantric and it's heart connected and they're looking at each other and they're laughing and they're having fun. That's a marvelous way to get back together again and renew and re recreate the spark. But then there are couples where there here, here's what happens. The first thing is everybody goes around thinking that their parents did a shitty job teaching them about sex and other people got some kind of education that they didn't. Well, my parents never told me about sex. And I'm like, you and everybody else get over yourself. No, but first of all, if your parents, they don't, they didn't know shit because no one told them. Secondly, if they even tried to tell you, you gave them the biggest eye roll of their life and they're like, oh, I don't want to do this. You know, so like, it's just not good. You don't learn sex from your parents. You learn sex yourself. It's personal growth. You're sexual growth is your personal growth. You mature in your sexuality. Your sexuality changes as you age and you're born sexual and you die sexual if it doesn't get snuffed out and if you keep that candle burning like I did. So learning is the number one thing. And there are a lot of great books out there and a lot of great sex techniques that you can learn that will make you a better lover. So sex techniques are number one. Bedroom communication skills are number two. I have a program called The Sexual. It's free book. It's not a program. You don't have to buy it. It's at the sex, it's at sexual soulmate pact, P-A-C-T.com. Download it. It's an agreement between lovers that completely makes it easy and non- stressful and totally wonderful to open up your communication with each other based on me explaining some very simple things where you're like, oh my God, right? Oh, all right, we can do this. So get the sexualsoulmatepack.com. That opens the lines of communication. But what happens if a person like me had gotten abused, sexually abused? So many of us men and women alike have been abused. So many of us have been shamed. So many of us have been repressed and raised in religious households or households where there wasn't even any touching or love. Often you have to train your partner to even enjoy the feelings of touch. You get, you pull away from it at first. It's like training a puppy. You have to train them to come and get a treat and let you touch them. And then they realize they enjoy being petted if you pet them in the way that they like it. So there's repression. There's abuse, there's trauma, there's health issues. A lot of women especially, but men more and more, have issues, uh, erectile dysfunction issues, um, vaginal dryness, um, prolapsed uteruses, cesarean scars, incontinence, bladder infections. Um, you know, there's just like a million things that can also go wrong with women, especially when women have children. A lot of difficulties happen. So you have to revert 
reverse those issues. And every single issue of sexual health can be either fixed when you get to the root cause of the problem, solved, healed, or worked around. Even a man who has irreversible erectile dysfunction could use a simple vacuum erection device to pull penis into his blood, trap it with a constriction ring, and have 30 minutes worth of awesome penetrative sex with his partner. I mean, it's like there are ways around everything. So, I mean, I am such a big proponent of things like vaginal rejuvenation, which people are like, what? That's like cutting your labia. No, they're outpatient treatments that use RF devices and CO2 lasers to actually resurface the skin on your vagina as you age. I mean, you would not believe the wonderful things that are out there right now. So once you realize and identify what it is, is your person ignorant, scared, fearful, in pain, repressed? Do they need to work with a trauma experiencing person? Do they need you to give them genital massages? Do you need to learn new things together? You will find that once you identify what the issues are and you work toward solving them, that you can come back together and reverse those problems. Often, when a man no longer wants to have sex with his wife or girlfriend, it's sometimes erectile function issues and he feels lost and doesn't understand what to do, so you have to help him solve it. Or sometimes he's no longer attracted to her. She's let herself go. And she needs to pull herself back and make herself more attractive to him again. Men are very, very visual creatures, more so than women. They don't see our flaws as much as our beauty, but they do desire our beauty. Women are a little bit more easygoing about that generally than men are. It's just the difference between testosterone and estrogen. Did that answer your question? Yeah. Oh my gosh. Incredibly so. That's great. Let's um, chat a little bit about this day and age. And, you know, we are talking about health here too on the Primal Blueprint. So let's talk about safe sex. Let's talk about, you know, listen, I just, if the audience doesn't know it, condoms don't protect you from certain things, even herpes, genital warts, and some other stuff. Um, These, in this day and age, I think uh, adult conversations need to happen. And so um, about this topic, and uh, you know, it's it's a little weird, although they're getting more sort of prevalent where people are expecting to have these conversations. But um, I'd love to hear what you have to say on that on that topic. Yeah, I have a whole series on Better Lover that is how to have the safe sex talk, when to have the safe sex talk, even a little list under the video that you can print out and put in your wallet so you remember them all (laughs) because it's (laughs) the heat of the moment, you know. Um, So there's a couple of different variations. And thank you so much for saying that condoms aren't a protection against very many STIs because in addition to bacterias and viruses, there are also bugs, scabies, all kinds of nasty things, genital mycoplasmum genitalias and superbugs and super syphilis. And there's all these massive outbreaks. And I mean, my God, what's a person to do in this day and age? Here's what I recommend. I recommend that you don't jump into bed with people right away and that you actually consider having a fluid bonded relationship with them. And what fluid bonded means is you don't even use a condom. What you do is you abstain for a month while you're dating 
You use your hands on their genitals, their hands on yours. You can kiss, but you don't put your mouth on their genitals and you don't have genital to genital contact. And you abstain for a month. Then you both go get all your tests. I have a list of the tests I recommend. And then when you've got your tests and you give each other the paperwork and everyone looks through it and you ask all the questions, you are able to have unprotected, wild, wet, squirting all over, fluid-bonded, delicious sex. Because one of the things about sex that's so good is that all that fluid transfer is very, very healthy for us. A man, when he French kisses us, he gives us a testosterone injection, which gives us courage, lowers our brain fog, and helps us have more intense orgasms. When he has, when he ejaculates semen inside our vagina, that vagina is a, that vaginal mucosa is like a sponge. It soaks it up. His semen is so good for you. It has over 20 different things that do things like regulate our cycles. Even after menopause, we still cycle. We are cyclical people, both men and women, women especially so. We get serotonin. We get um, more testosterone, a nice payload of testosterone, which gives us confidence and lowers our anxiety. Women are naturally more anxious than men because of our estrogen dominance. So that testosterone really helps us. We get zinc and other minerals like selenium that also keep our brains functioning and are neuroprotective. It's just incredible. Semen is God's gift to women's calm focus and happiness. And so if you can get to the point, and if you are a same-sex couple, don't worry. You get 90% of the benefits of all that connection without having the, you know, having to have the semen transfer into the vaginal mucosa. So don't worry about that. You're generating oxytocin together, which is calming you and resetting your nervous system. I mean, there are just so many benefits to being able to have a fluid bonded relationship. And if you're worried about contraception, I recommend two things. I am anti-birth control pills. There is absolutely no reason to the choir. I for agree. anyone to ever take birth control pills. They are damaging long-term and short-term to every single person. And I recommend a book by Dr. Jolene Brighton. Have you had her on, Jolene Brighton, about uh, Beyond the Pill? No, I haven't, but now She's I will. a good one. Yeah, I'll, <laughs> I'll make an introduction to you uh, beyond the pill. But you can use non-hormonal birth control, either a non-hormonal IUD, which are extremely safe for most women, or if you have a copper sensitivity, you can also use a fertility awareness method sex tech device like the Daisy Tracker. And then you have six fertile days a year or days a month, days a cycle, and then you can use a condom during those times to protect yourself. And it's all well and good. And then you get all the benefits of all that deeply wonderful sex. Now, if you're out sleeping around and you don't want to do all those kinds of things, if there's no one person that you want to have sex with, you've got to use a condom and you've got to have the safe sex talk. You've got to understand how many people have you had sex with? When was the last time you had sex with someone? Are you having under unprotected sex with people? Assume they're lying as well. Because I really believe that there are a lot of people who even think they're doing the right thing that are forgetting 
unconsciously forgetting that they're having unprotected sex, even if consciously they tell you they are. I'd be very, very careful about that. I'd use condoms and dental dams if you're if you can do that. And then and unfortunately they're plastic and they're latex and I don't like that. You know, there's a lot of things about plastics, right? <laughs> but you know what you're not gonna like is Dying or getting sick from a sexual experience with someone, you know, yes. you met 24 hours earlier. And I'm really yeah. glad to hear um, all of that from you, especially the assuming you're lying. I mean, listen, that's how things spread. And also, too, you know, on that note, people misjudge. So you can ask someone, are they having safe sex? That guy might think, well, yeah, but I know Susie, she's clean. She's been my F buddy yep. for five years. You know what? We all know in this health industry, you can look at someone who's a skinny bikini model and then you take it their blood and they're an inflamed mess about to have a stroke, right? Yeah. So you cannot judge somebody being quote clean or not by the way that they look or how they operate your life. There are people that are carrying shame from dr- IV drug use and yep. things that other that, you know, not that that only carries a risk, but again, Again, you have to be, 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 please be diligent, everybody. Um, you don't want to be in this position and then have to deal with now moving forward through life, having that conversation. Um, I had a guy say to me once, well, I'm just, can I say the F word on this show? Yes. I'm fucking this ugly girl. So no one else is fucking her. So I'm not worried about it. And I was like, <laughs> so unbelievable. Laugh, unbelievable. You asshole. First of all, if she's fucking you, she's probably fucking other people too. Right? Like, I mean, it was just unbelievable. But this is how people's minds work. You just have to be very, very careful until you know someone extremely well and you've seen them in the duration of a wide variety of experiences be a very high level person of integrity in their right mind of consciousness. And you don't know when you're out there dating. So women, especially because we have that vaginal mucosal sponge that loves to suck everything in, we have to stand for our safety. So I love the fluid bonded distinction, the waiting 30 days period. Look, if you, and then it gives you 30 days to really get good at making out, using hands, uh, sliding your bodies together, um, enjoying learning about each other, getting really turned on together and waiting. Boy, by the time you hit that threshold, you're going to be having some way better sex than you did if you just jumped into bed together. Agreed. Um, Tell us, you know, with all of the people you've worked with over time, the people that thought they might have been an impossible case or never knew what it was like and didn't understand, like you said earlier, what all these people are talking about, you know, maybe this wonderful orgasm or this thing isn't, is just this elusive thing I'll never have. I'd love to hear some, you know, 180 success stories of people that really were able to jump into their sexuality and, and have a better life. Yeah. Oh gosh, there's so many. It's always this is where my mind goes. Bing, 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 bing. It's like, which one should I pick? I don't know. I think I'll do an amalgam. <laughs> yeah, do a do a do a cross section. I'll do here. a montage. I think generally, let me just give you the advice that I give to women who struggle to orgasm. Is there are some things that most people don't understand. And once you kind of remove those roadblocks and teach them these simple, you know, rules of coming hard, <laughs> coming long, coming hard, coming good, coming lots, coming buckets. Um, the first one would be that many women clench up to kind of like increase the sensation. They, they, they squeeze and they try to bear, you know, bear down and kind of like hold and strive for the orgasm. 
And orgasms naturally bubble out of you. You have to allow them to come out of you. Rather than squeezing down, you want to open up. So um, I have a really cute video. It's actually, I think, one of the sexiest videos I ever did on my YouTube channel called, I think it's called like Yoni Breathing or something like that. And um, it's essentially where you breathe into your genitals. You do deep breathing way down into your genitals. And you're just doing this. You're going... And you do that and you're really bringing that breath like in, down, deep into your yoni, into your womb, into your genitals, into your clitoris, into your labia, into your vestibular bulbs, into every, you're imagining every part of your anatomy. And as you do that, you can, you breathe a little faster. You can do And you're just like really oxygenating your system. And when you do that and you're pushing in, you're tightening up and you're pushing out as you're breathing in, as you're breathing out, you're pushing in, you're pushing out, you get high and you just really, you're, you just get all that blood in there. And then you increase the sensation in your yoni. The second thing you do to add on to that is a yoni massage. You can do this as solo massage, or you can have your partner do it where they lay you down, you butterfly your legs your head's on a pillow, you're totally comfortable. Um, they're totally comfortable. Your butt might t- need to be up or down. Their back is against the headboard. They're surrounded by pillows. You've got a cloth over you. So their legs, their leg hair isn't scratching you. The room is warm. You're comfortable. The lights are nice. The organic oil is warmed. You've got a stack of soft towels. There's some music playing and you're getting a yoni massage. And that lover is just finding all the nooks and crannies working from the outside in, never touching your clitoris until the top of your mons is like jello. You've worked all the stitches out of it. The labia have gotten all puffed up, the outer labia, because those underneath there, that's your vestibular bulbs. Those are the little punching bags of your clitoris, the little, the little fat legs, those plump up. They like pressure. Like when you sit on your guy, you straddle your guy's leg and you kind of press your yoni onto his, that pressure on your vulva, that is the vestibular bulbs. They love that kneading and moving and sliding and then sliding across your little labia and more oil and then across the top of your clitoral hood before you ever touch the clit and then up under the hood with more lube, really soft circles around, a little thumb at the entrance to your vagina, lubed up, resting there to ground you, two hands, whatever you like, learning techniques, learning stroke techniques, vulva stroke techniques, and bringing the blood into your clitoris, going between the outer labia and the inner labia, where that kind of shiny, soft skin is, that slippery little tissue, and going in the channel up and down there, that's where the legs, the arms of your clitoris drape around the opening to your vaginal canal. The opening to your vaginal canal is a sphincter muscle. It's called the introitus, the introidal sphincter, rubbing the outside of that with oil, and then slowly allowing and inviting 
your partner's finger, one finger, two fingers, more oil inside, stroking the G-spot on the top, which is a sponge of erectile tissue, stroking the floor of the vagina, which is where the perineal sponge is, another bit of erectile tissue, and getting all that erectile tissue plumped up and filled with blood. That's your clitoral erection. You would not expect a man to make love without an erection. Why would you ever make love without an erection? Having him wipe all that oil off, it's you can eat it. It doesn't matter. It's not chemical lube. Wipe it off, have him go down on you and engorge you that way. Don't try and have an orgasm. Let the orgasm come out of you. That's a, that's number two. So number one is feeling safe, good environment, getting the breathing and then the engorgement, that all of those things will begin to turn you on. Then there's things like if you have a partner that can tell you, I call it, people call this dirty talk, but what I like to do is I like to say, just tell her what you're seeing. Well, first your yoni looks beautiful to me. I love the colors of it. Right now it's pink and the inside of your lips have a little bit of a brown tinge of like almost a purple tinge along the edges. It looks so pretty. Now I see them plumping up. Oh, I see your clitoris. It's starting to pop out. It looks so pretty. Oh, it's like a little pearl. Oh, look, it's getting even more engorged. Now I feel the shaft. I'm rubbing the shaft between my fingers. Oh, I feel that getting a little clitoral erection. That's so nice. Like when you guide your woman through that, when you encourage her and appreciate her, she feels like a goddess. She feels like she's winning. She just, it just will turn her on so much for you to love and appreciate her beautiful genitals. She'll begin to fall in love with her yoni herself by you leading her to that appreciation that you have for her. So slowing down, connecting in, the breath, the eyes, the heart connection, the love, the pleasure, the touch. You can't help but have an orgasm by this time. I think I've already had one just telling you about this. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone has put the podcast on pause and also would like to make a plug for Primal Kitchen avocado oil <laughs> this time. Uh, I'm sorry that I didn't send you a big bottle of it. I, I just sent you the cooking spray. Maybe it's more convenient. You can travel with it. Um, no, that's really incredible. And, you know, in, in sort of wrapping up, and I wanted to talk I just hope everyone listening is hearing that where where all of this is coming from, there's so many couples that have gotten to a point that are approaching things from blame or you don't do this or you never listen to what I want in bed. Those things are not coming from a place of curiosity and learning like she is suggesting and the way that she's talking about these things. I love the way you just went through the male appreciation, you know, um, that that that's a really lovely thing for men to think about in terms of, again, like you said, not necessarily dirty talk or something, you know, not that there's anything wrong with that, but, but just, again, sort of narrating the situation or appreciating, like you said. But I just love that all of this is coming from a place, this discussions of, hey, you know, I, let's keep things fresher. I always from the positive moving forward. Isn't that so important? Because then it's just going to become an antagonistic thing. And ew, no one wants to have sex under those emotions. I haven't gone to a movie in 10 years. Let's just put it that way. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Hey, listen, and I'm going to come to your house and just sit there with popcorn. (laughs) 
That's really wonderful. So um, again, we can go to, we'll put everything in the show notes to connect with you, but you have, you have DVDs, online courses, books. There are ways you can just pop that in and watch a video with your lover. Uh, again, non-gender specific. What would you like to leave our audience with on this topic? So important. <sighs> you can become a better lover your whole, for the rest of your life. All that, all that you need is within you now. All, let's take it back to primal. You don't need any outside influences to look at porn to learn what to do. They're degrading to women. Everything that you desire is your body will tell you what it wants. And when you learn how easy it is to ask for it and how easy it is to guide your lover, you start to have an incredible sex life with your partner. The number one skill I'd say is what I gave you earlier, the sexual soulmate pact, learning how to open that conversation where you both begin to win and your skills accelerate. You get on what I like to call the upward pleasure spiral. I think about it like two helix DNA spirals spiraling up ever up together into sacred sexuality, connection with God, with source, with Gaia, just a level of pleasure that even today, even if you think you are incredible in bed, I think I'm incredible in bed and I, I am constantly learning and getting better. And I have been doing that now for, well, my whole life, but the last 15 years, all I have been studying is sexuality, sexual techniques, sexual communication, learning, testing, trying. I'm an immersive journalist. I like to see how long it can come, how hard it can come, how far it can come, how many times it can come. I call myself an orgasmonaut. And what I can tell you is that once you get on that upward pleasure spiral, and you can do this with any partner, when you decide, when you set your minds to learning together, the world can just open to you in the most miraculous ways that calm your nervous system, lower your stress, reset your emotional body, and ground you to the earth as well as to all other living things through the expanded state of orgasm. So we are, our bodies are channels to altered states of co-created or self-induced pleasure. And they are our birthright. They are built to do it. You have everything you need in there. Just keep going and moving forward and learning. I love it. Thank you so much for joining us. We are so grateful to learn about this. And I just, I, as you, I wish everyone a wonderful life of great sex and um, pleasure. Thanks again for sharing your wisdom with us. Thank you, Elle. Hi, Brad Kearns here with something different than a stiff commercial script message. I want to give you an authentic endorsement for one of my favorite supplements of all time. It's called Adaptogenic Calm. It used to be called Primal Calm. And the key ingredient in this formula is called Phosphatidylserine, or PS. And this agent has been shown in hundreds of studies to blunt the catabolic effects of the stress hormone cortisol in the bloodstream that's released in response to all forms of life stress, whether it's a series of difficult workouts, extensive jet travel, personal stress of any kind, we're constantly triggering the fight or flight mode in modern life, 
And when people say, hey, you should take a chill pill, this really is a chill pill. Because when you consume an appropriate amount of phosphatidylserine and the other supportive ingredients that have been known to have a calming effect on the central nervous system, things like magnesium, L-theanine, magnolia bark, and rhodiola, you will get a calming effect. It's not like a stimulant product that makes you feel more energy and have a better workout. But instead, this sort of takes the edge off of that stress buzz where you feel that foggy brain function, maybe a little shaky and finally fried at the end of a busy, stressful day. This stuff will help you clear your bloodstream from those catabolic stress hormones before they can do the damage. So I like to take significant quantities of it in and around stressful events, such as jet travel or in those heavy training cycles when you're really pushing your body and trying so hard not to fall into that overtraining, overstress, foggy brain function spiral downward. That's right, phosphatidylserine has also been shown to enhance cognitive function. It's commonly used in Europe on cognitive decline patients. And you can make that connection between when you're frazzled and overstressed and how your brain doesn't work quite as well. So this is a brain function enhancing, stress hormone reducing, secret weapon, adaptogenic calm. Look for it on primalblueprint.com.